All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Off to the races for another episode, Everything Combat, because, of course, life is a fight. And today we're very fortunate to have in studio, she's out of Summit Training right here in the old Quad Cities. She is actually the very first caged aggression featherweight title holder. A very impressive victory over her opponent, made very short work. This is Lindsay Spencer joining us today. How are we doing, Lindsay? Good, good. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for taking the time and coming and talking with us. You are obviously going to be featured, is it October 15th or 16th you're going to be fighting? 15th. The 15th, that's going to be the Friday Cage Aggression MMA as we return for our final event of the year. You can also catch it on cageaggression.tv if you can't make it to the Quad Cities. That last fight, wow, very impressive victory over your opponent. And Thank you. again, picking up that first ever featherweight cage aggression featherweight title. How'd that night go? And uh, what was that feeling like to win that first strap? Um, it was really cool. I don't, I've never felt better in the cage. Uh, felt very clear headed, great physically. Um, and I just everything felt really sharp and clear. I knew what I needed to do and I did it and uh, felt really, really cool. Having that belt around my waist. Yeah, it was cool watching it go down. Again, you made very short work. Just super impressive. Your hands are just like, I mean, you, you've got some you. serious dynamite in your hands. <laughs> I mean, like we talk about with a lot of people, we just talked to Claire Schneckcloth. Not everybody can do this. Not everybody's cut out to do this. How did you get into mixed martial arts? Um, it took a while. It's kind of a, a long process to actually get to where I was in the cage, but, um, I've done sports my whole life and I, I wanted to get into something different. And, um, Tim was actually Tim Hernandez, one of my coaches. Yes. Uh, he was the first one to talk me into going to try grappling at summit. Um, but I had just gotten out of powerlifting. So I had zero cardio. It was like in the negatives mm. and I was like heavy and, um, so I, tr I went try twice and then, um, I stopped going cause I was like, I'm holding everybody back. They're not getting a good workout, stuff like that. So then a year later, my other coach, Joe Laughlin, he talked me into getting back in there and been doing it ever since I fell in love with the grappling right away. And, um, I just thought it was going to be a really, really cool hobby for me. Honestly, I thought I was that I needed to give up competitive sport. I've done it my whole life. So I was like, I got to be an adult. I got to like focus on my business now, you right. know? Um, so it was just a cool thing that I got into. And then, um, the, the opportunity for my first fight came around. They needed somebody to fill in. It was like 11 days before the fight. And I, I wanted to test myself and see if I had what it took to be in the cage. Cause I know like even hard sparring days, it's way different. The, the cage is a whole different world. Right. And, I just wanted to see if, if I could hang in the cage, you know? And, uh, so I, I took that fight. It was a battle. It was rough. She had a lot of experience and it showed and, um, but made it through that one. And then I was like, all right, cool. Well I did that. So I wasn't planning on fighting again. And then, uh, second So two years later, um, was my next fight and they needed somebody that was, right at 155, which is my walk around weight. So I wouldn't have to cut at all. Nice. And so like people were throwing my name out there and I just kind of laughed it off at first. And then I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like I, I need that challenge, you know? And yeah. so I just, I was obsessing over it. I was like, I got to take this fight. I got to do it. Uh, so I did that one. But what, when I really decided to start fighting was that fight got postponed because of COVID. Mm. So I think it was nine days out and, um, God bless, uh, my good one for saying he's like, these fights are not canceled. They are postponed. So I, I really was kind of lost. I couldn't work, couldn't train. 
but knowing that I had a fight was kind of what kept me on track nice. mentally. Yeah. And so I used that whole, it ended up being like an eight month fight camp where I trained out of my garage and I went on runs. And it was during that time period that I was like, this lifestyle is turning me into the person that I want to be mm. mentally, physically. It's building me up into this person that I really, really like. And I was like, this is what I need to be doing. Nice. So, yeah. How was that? I mean, Excuse me. Such an extended training camp. How taxing is that? <laughs> um, it's it's pretty exhausting as far as I I mean, I'm always I'm used to training all the time, but it's like the mental and emotional ups and downs where Yeah, I can only imagine. You gear up for a fight and then all of a sudden it's gone and then it's like, well, maybe this day and then it was back down and then <sighs> It was it was tough that way, you know, just kind of mentally taxing. But even a normal training camp is tough, let alone yeah. an extended. You know, that's that's crazy. But again, that's the, that's the testament to why you guys do what you do and why you, why you who you are as fighters. Yeah. You guys have to make that sacrifice, and sometimes that's not a big issue. Um, you got a fight coming up. Tell me about your opponent. Um, so she has a grappling history. I guess she started as a grappler, but she's also done some Muay Thai and some kickboxing. Um, so I'm pretty excited about it. It sounds like she's a pretty game opponent and, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I was asking Claire, you know, I ask a lot of fighters, you know, some, some people say, you know, I'm just ready for wherever it goes and I'm sure you are as well, but is there anything you try to look at? I asked this to Claire the other day and I hate to keep mentioning that interview, but Pat was here and was saying, you know, like defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators for whatever sport, they study film, they study tape, they study yeah. tendencies. Do you, do you fall in that camp? Do you f try to look for tendencies or do you just prepare for whatever? Uh, some of both. Like we, yeah. we definitely break down film and look for certain things and then we prepare for, okay, like if it goes here, we're going to do this. If it goes here, we're going to do this. But it's like, we really focus on being well-rounded enough that we're good wherever. So we kind of have a loose game plan. Yeah. Um, but if it goes outside of that, we're cool. You know? Okay. Yeah. Just, I mean, it's, it's oftentimes you have to, what did Mike Tyson say? Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the yeah. face. It's like, you have to be able to kind of adapt on the fly. Um, you know, in the sport of MMA, you know, obviously women have been around for quite a while, not just men or women, but who do you look up to in the sport? Who has influenced you in your career? Um, man, uh, like locally, Helen Peralta for sure. Yeah, I was going to ask you about her. She was kind of my first, um, real big female mentor in the sport. Like, obviously you can look at the pros and stuff and watch what they're doing and, um, but like Helen was like an up close and personal getting to know somebody who's um, very talented and has the mindset and all that stuff. And like I train with almost all men. And so it was really cool to get to know her. And if you want to let our listeners know who Helen Peralta is. So she's a bare knuckle champion um, multiple time. Uh, she's she's really a uh, badass fighter. Like, <laughs> she's I don't a know tough how to one. say it in a right. Yeah, that's no, all right. She's tough. Yeah. So, um, that was, she's definitely somebody that I looked, look up to in the sport. And she really, like I said, she was kind of my first mentor to really get me like, all right, this is what it's like being in, in MMA and stuff. And then, um, like I said, obviously you can look at pros and stuff. There are a couple that I really like how they, I love Rose, you know, like Rose Namajunas, oh, yeah, <laughs> little thug, or what is it? Something thug, uh, thug Rose, thug Rose, yes, yeah. yes, big fan of hers as well. Yeah, I, I just love her, and um, I mean, Bullet Valentina, 
you know, like there's, there's some really scary women in the UFC and it's absolutely, awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> and you, you know, are very quickly joining the ranks. Someone like a Rose Namajunas. And I, again, there's always so much depth to you guys. There's, there's way more than meets the eye. Obviously you guys are trained to go in to freaking take your opponent out as quick as possible. But it's oftentimes not just about the opponent. Oftentimes it's an internal struggle. A struggle or opponent is really yourself. Thug Rose, you know, Rose Namajunas has that very zen, very spiritual aspect of how she approaches not even just the sport, but life. Do you ascribe to any of that kind of uh, kind of spiritual aspect of the sport? Um, not to get all up I, in your business, but you know what I mean? No, no, it's a good question. Um, I guess I guess I do in the way that um, my whole thing is is I just want to get better. Like it's all about self-improvement right. for me. And so, yeah, there's a lot of introspection that goes along with that. And, um, yeah, it is like a, a more spiritual thing. Like I'm very in tune with myself and what's going on in my head and how I can translate that to better results out in the world. Right. And, um, I do like meditate, visualize and stuff like that to yes. help with performance and mindset which is huge. So big part of the sport, in my opinion, or anything in life, the visualization, mm -hmm. if you could see it, you can begin to manifest it. Um, <clears throat> again, you're, you're prepared for wherever the fight goes, but the platform of caged aggression is growing. Obviously with the addition of the pay-per-view aspect, it puts it on a global platform. Yeah. Does that add any pressure to you or is it just another day in the office? Um, I really, when it comes down to the fight, I don't think about that stuff. Like, the easiest way to describe it, my, my mindset is I've got a job to do, get in there yes, and do your yes. job. And so like all of that extra noise, um, I'm pretty good at shutting that out. Like, like I said, I did sports my whole life and in college we really kind of fine tuned the mental game. Yeah. And so I, when I fight, like my head is really quiet and I don't really see what's going on outside of the cage. And, um, so I, I really don't, I mean, it's it's information in the background yeah, sure, 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 that sure. I'm I'm kind of processing, but it's not a big factor. Well, and I ask that to like Jens or Pat, people who've obviously been on that big stage. You know, you prepare for X, Y, Z, but sometimes the platform, the emotions, and the pressure can get to you. So I guess you kind of just answered it how important the mental game is mm -hmm. to combat sports. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's re really cool since I've kind of gotten on board with cage aggression. It's just been, I mean, to be a part of it, I pinch myself because I'm like, you guys are paying me to do what I would normally be doing, but I would have a beer in my hand yelling at the screen. But to be calling fights with Pat and Jens, it's really just an amazing thing to be a part of. Um, heading down the road, future plans. What do you, I mean, obviously you don't want to get ahead of yourself. You do have an amazing, you know, big, tough fight coming up long term. You know, what, what's your goals in the sport, essentially? Um, I just want to take it as far as I can. Like, honestly, I, I want to see what I'm capable of. And so I'm working and preparing for opportunities and sky's the limit. Like, we'll see what happens. You know, I just want to see where it ends up. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge test of one's will and skill and game and tenacity. Cause I mean, this, if any sport's going to break you, mixed martial arts and combat sports will break you. It's the hardest thing I've ever done by far yeah. physically, mentally. Yeah. Something, in, not an odd question, but we've seen the proliferation, if you will, of these celebrity fights. We just saw, if not celebrity kind of legends fights, we've seen Roy Jones and Mike, Mike Tyson do it. We just saw this weekend Vitor Belfort and Evander Holyfield, Tito Ortiz, Anderson Silva. What are your thoughts on those? Kind of a random question, but what are your thoughts on the sport? Not necessarily it changing in such a way where it's less about like the rankings, but more the spectacle kind of? Right. That's what I was going to say. I think it's just for the spectacle aspect of it and like making some money. I don't know. I, uh, 
uh, I don't know if I have a strong opinion one way or the other. I don't, I haven't really watched those fights. I'm right. not going to lie. Cause I'm in the competitive mindset right for now. Sure, and so it, sure. I don't feel like it, it benefits me right now to look at all of that. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, generally I, speaking, do you think it, it, I wouldn't say it for lack of a better term, taints the purity of like a boxing or MMA. It's such a pure sport. And then you kind of throw in that weird Jake Paul, Logan Paul aspect of it. it it's, it's a spectacle. People obviously are watching it. But I don't, your opinion, does it taint the purity of the sport at all? Um, I Probably, I would say to a degree, yeah. If like somebody that's like a true martial artist would be... I think upset by it but again like i'm i'm not those people i'm not in those situations right, right, i don't right. feel like i mean they're doing it for a reason obviously so huge cash grabs i think right, they say like, tyron woodley they, made more in that fight with with uh, jake than he's made you know in any right. fight in his career they're so, making I mean, money so good for them absolutely, absolutely. um i've yeah i <laughs> I, don't know. I get it. I, it's, I'm, I'm torn because, like, I'm a huge pro. I was a huge pro wrestler. I love the spectacle. You know what yeah. I mean? I love kind of almost the absurdity of it. But seeing, like, you know, any Vander Holyfield, who I is a freaking warrior, and just, I mean, I don't know. It just optics wise, it just looked looked rough watching him him get taken out yeah. in such a such a fashion. It's like uh, it's almost like a you think about the sport is like um, like gladiators kind of but then it gets changed into like a show like yeah it is a show but it's it's so much more for the entertainment at this fact this yeah. side than like like you said the purity of yeah. the sport and the grind and the just and some of them still have it you know what i mean yeah. watching anderson silva he looked amazing seeing some of these matchups some of these guys still have it in the tank and it's you just don't tell warriors when to quit you know what i mean there's right. a lot of them are going to go out on their shield regardless of what you say that's the other part of it is like i can't imagine how hard it is to like hang it up like i've had to do it once retire from a sport that i loved and it just about killed me so yeah. that's the other part of it is like they got to do what they got to do you know? well it's something you know i've, I've never been related or had a, any kind of uh, frame of reference for it and hopefully you will one day asking my partner pat militich what is it like you're the champion your music's playing there's whatever 15 20 000 people like what is that man what does that feel like and he's like jeff no drink no drug no anything will ever be able to match that feeling yeah. so and when you do that you know once a month or however many times a year i mean it's definitely something you can get for lack of a better term hooked on so sure. being able to replace that when it's done is tough and letting these guys know it's over like Chuck Liddell I heard is talking about maybe a bare knuckle fight mm -hmm. it's you just can't tell these warriors when to stop it but you know it's I, I'm, I'm on the fence about it too but some of it makes it for some interesting viewing sure in my opinion yeah so October 15th ladies and gentlemen cageaggression.tv or if you're in the quad cities come check her out any predictions for the fight uh my fight yes I'm sorry <laughs> yeah <laughs> um I'm I'll go in there and defend my belt. Like, that's my job. So go and do my job. Well, she is, ladies and gentlemen, the first ever cage aggression featherweight champion. Lindsay, thank you for coming by, man. It's always cool to Absolutely. talk to you guys, get to know yeah. you guys. But good luck on uh, October, and uh, we will be talking to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time.